The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. My tweet deck has gone down multiple times during free agency, and I'm going to lose my mind. Something's going to break while this is happening. I know it. Uh, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out over here. But luckily, Neil's tweet deck, I think, is working. Uh, what's happening, everybody? Tuesday, Fantasy NBA Today, or late Monday night. I haven't decided what time this bad boy is getting posted. Dan Vespers, Neil Rochlani, Neil, good day to you, sir. Hey, happy free agency. Oh, man. Did you get a chance to see the closeout on our live show on Sunday? I didn't see the I, – I'm, I'm still listening to it because it's a very long it episode. It is a very long episode. <laughs> I am probably like an hour and ten minutes in. Oh, you're almost yeah. done. There's like 15 yeah. minutes left. Yeah, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. Well, thank you. That wasn't what I was yeah. hoping for. The only thing that I yep. want compliments on is the very ending. So you have to let me know when you get there. I will. Uh, it's one of my crowning achievements, I think, in – um, mega pod universe, just trying to corral a bunch of people at the same time. But uh, that was then, and this is now, and we're still waiting on the the biggest shoe to drop. And my tweet deck is broken, and so I'm freaking. Uh, which is why I thought it would be wise to first and foremost uh, mention that you can follow us on Twitter at Ball with Neil and E I L at Dan Best versus my Twitter handle at Hoopball Fantasy. And this show and all shows, including our live show on Sunday, brought to you by our good friends at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. H.I. Kona Coffee on Twitter, Hawaiian Isles on the interwebs, or just search for Hawaiian Isles at Amazon and get it sent to your doorstep prime. The other thing I thought would be a good idea is because I'm hamstrung by my internet right now, not the internet, just the one damn webpage, is, Neil, I'm giving you the, uh, the captain's hat and you're officially steering this boat. So icebergs be damned. Where are we going? <laughs> All right. You said I can go anywhere we want. Anywhere you want. Everybody's, this is what everybody <laughs> wants to hear me say. The strangest thing that I've heard in the last 24 hours oh, man. Is, Golden, is Golden State retiring Kevin Durant's jersey. <laughs> not what I thought you were going to say at all. <laughs> that want, is the strangest thing I have heard. I want everybody listening to know that we did not discuss what's about to happen before the show because I, I sent a text message to Neil that was like, how about you pick like five your top five things to go over? And then Neil sent me a list. And then after sending this, was like, wait, did you want my top five like fantasy players or just top five anything? And I said top five anything. And he said, oh, well, that's not what I sent you. Uh, so then we said, all right, screw it. I'm going to hit record. You just pick things, and we'll roll with it. And the first thing Neil picks is Kevin Durant's jersey saga. It is a little bit weird, though. He was only a warrior for three seasons. That is my whole point. <laughs> How can you get a... Oh, gosh. I love Fired Up Neil. This is two weeks in a row. You called something stupid last week. Oh, I, I don't remember. It was great. Whatever yes. it was, it was fantastic. Um... Uh, yeah, I'm like old man Neil now. I just complain about everything. Welcome, um, <laughs> welcome to the, welcome to the Aaron Bruski and myself are the we we're the founding members of the Hoop Ball Old Man Team. Uh, forget the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad. Aaron and I just sit around shouting at clouds all day, so we're very happy to have you. Uh, frustrated by the the changes in the world around us. That's not true. Um, 
here's a, can I can I throw my opinion on this out and then you can tell me why it's yeah, totally stupid. Yeah, of course. Stupid. You, t- you tell me you tell me why this makes any sense at all. Uh the the way it makes sense is not because they actually feel like they need to retire his jersey number. It's because they want to do right by a departing free agent as a tool to keep free agents wanting to come there. There's a lot of the the way that things are shaped. I mean, I think that the Brooklyn Nets are maybe the best example of this. Uh, Durant and and uh, Kyrie Irving were, you know, one foot in the door with the New York Knicks. That was the destination. And then Kyrie midseason was like, look, the the Nets are a better franchise. They're better run. Uh, it's not a it's not a James Dolan cluster. You know what? Let's just go to this other one that's right across the the. Uh, I actually don't know which river runs along the right, the east side of Manhattan. I do know that you can get there via subway. I'll look it up in the middle of the show. Sorry, New Yorkers. Uh, and they did. And so I feel like we're already seeing this reflection of teams that are like, we have to make sure that our optics look better because free agents are no longer going to just the best place to win or just the place that offers you the most money. They're going to the place where they feel like they're going to be taken care of and where the franchise is not a disaster, uh, unless Kawhi ends up with the Lakers, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, God bless the Lakers but falling that's, upwards. Yeah, that's, the power the of Le- that's the power of LeBron in Hollywood, though. So that's my yeah, take sure, That's my sure. take on Joe Lacob and the Warriors saying they're going to not let anybody wear number 35. I think they're just like, KD, go out into the universe and tell all your basketball friends how nice we were to you, even in your departure and send them unto us. And uh, then D'Angelo Russell shows up. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> do, you, do you think they... Um, so now I'm going conspiracy theory. Sure. That seems because you know that. Do you think they offered him the max after, after knowing for sure he was not going to stay? Yes. I think they knew he was gone. So then offering the max wasn't even a real thing. They just did it for PR. Just yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, but the, it, that's that. This is okay. So now I remember what I called stupid last week. Last week it was the awards. Oh, they were um, stupid. <laughs> yeah, they are stupid. Um, this is isn't this a spit in the face to anyone who who plays like fifteen years for a franchise and is a meaningful part of a franchise? That's an interesting other way to look at it. I, the, you know, <laughs> I you know, mean, it's it sullies everyone else who's up there, but not anyway. Who else do the Warriors have retired? I don't know. The I, I don't question. know. They might they might have Mullen up there. I don't know. They got they, they got they got to have uh what's his name um the guy who won a championship for him back in this it was um his nope. son's now his son's an announcer now uh, Brett Barry yeah Bear Mark Mark no why am I um, blanking on this the greatest free throw shooter of all time yeah Rick Whatever. Barry yeah there you go thank you yeah. for filling in the the brain fart that we were both having uh yeah. here wait this is actually uh six other players have had their numbers officially by the Warriors Wilt Chamberlain thirteen Tom well, that Hattery, makes sense. 14, right. Alvin Adels, 16, uh, mm-hmm. Chris Mullen, you got that one, 17, Rick Barry, you got that one, 24, and Nate Thurman, 42, are the other ones uh, retired. Although, it was then brought up, Neil, that they didn't yeah. necessarily necessarily say they were going to retire it, they were just going to not let anybody else wear it. So they're just oh, going to... Oh, I see. They're not going to hang in the They're not going to hang in the rafters. They're not going to hang in the rafters, they're just going to oh, hide it. Oh, okay. I thought they were hanging in the rafter. I'm I, totally... Well, I don't know. They might still. Maybe we're just parsing their words, but I. But the last thing I saw was somebody else tweeting... You know, maybe they're just gonna like hide it somewhere at Oracle. Nobody's gonna go back there, and, <laughs> and Jersey Thirty Five is just gonna be floating around in the old arena. So I don't know. I mean, 
As I mean, how do they, how do they not do this then? The Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, obviously Steph and Clay are going to be. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Oh, so no one's ever going to raid Draymond Greens. No one's going to wear Iguodala's. No one's going to wear Kevon Looney anymore. Like, what the hell? Yeah, they pretty much have to do everybody on the team. <laughs> Don't they at this Sean, point? Sean Livingston. <laughs> yeah. You might you might want to go back and retire uh, Patrick McCaw's jersey. <laughs> Who's only who has won a championship every single year he's been in the NBA? By the way, that's a fun Holy stat, that's, right? That's, two yeah. year, two years with the Dubs and one with the Raptors, I think. Right? Three for three. That's amazing. Yeah, Macaw, the king, the kingmaker, <laughs> the Robert Ori of this generation. Yes. Yeah, except he doesn't actually have to take any shots to be big shot Pat. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like does anybody? Does anybody no really one cares care? about the stand. I'm sorry. You said to say whatever I wanted no, to no, say. No, no, no. I'm not I even talking about listeners. I'm talking about the actual <laughs> players themselves. Do you think any of the players are actually worried about this stuff? I really think it's just a just a like a low-key PR move to make to make it seem like the Warriors take care of their guys. But it's so superficial though. Don't you think players and agents will see right through it? Some. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes, man. <laughs> so you're a fair number, enough. You're a numbers guy. You go from having a hundred percent of people think you stink to like eighty percent of people. That's still an improvement, even if most people think you stink. And that's not a reference yeah, to Warriors. That's okay, I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. You, you finish. No, your this off. is this is we're like AM radio over here. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about the Warriors people thinking they stink. I'm just talking about like a percentage, right? If you do anything that increases your percentage of getting a decent player, even if it's like two percent. You might as freaking well, because what does Joe Lacob care about number 35? Is anybody else in the NBA that's good right now wear number 35? I don't know. No, you, you may be right. It might help. I don't. I wouldn't say it goes from 100 to 80, but it goes very little. And But as far as superstars, it goes zero. You think? Somebody think. out there might be just... just... A superstar with the, the advice and the uh, team around them and the agents. You think they won't have the inside scoop on what happened with Kevin Durant? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to consider the Warriors a pretty good franchise regardless of whether or not yeah. they, they don't put anybody else at number 35. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Everybody talks, you know, everybody's buddies. Any little thing you can do if somebody's just like, hey, man, I was thinking about going to the Warriors. Kevin, how did they treat you? And they were like, well, they played me and I ruptured my Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody can wear 35, so... what? That's all I got on that one. It's a wash, okay? It's a wash. It's a wash. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's dead heat. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think any of the players really care. I think this is like basically what I was saying. If it's a tiny, if it's an inch, if one super sensitive player say, it says that they're a tiny bit more likely, it's like, oh, when I leave the Warriors, when I retire, I want them to retire my jersey number. Maybe there's that one guy out there, and uh, and that'll help them. But more than likely, it'll do nothing. I just think it makes the guy. Is it the um, is it the GM who said that, or was it an owner? Uh, owner, yeah, Joe Lake. Yeah, I just think it makes it sound like a schmuck, like just a phony <laughs> schmuck. So anyway, yeah, it's a little bit. But you know what? Wouldn't you rather have that than the Dan Gilbert LeBron exit? Oh yeah, I would right? rather have him say a gracious statement. That that would be fine, a statement. But to say no one's going to wear this, like he's some sort of deity or something on that team. Anyway. Yeah, he was just he just um, had to like get one final stroke on his way out of town. That's, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, one guy pens a letter uh, criticizing everything that a player stands for, and the other guy says. You know, you're my guy. No one's gonna wear your jersey. I think <laughs> I, I still think that's the guy that teams are gonna 
respect more. And by the way, I don't. I think Dan Gilbert is sick these days, so we shouldn't speak too ill of him at the moment. But you know, was not an outstanding uh, role model when LeBron left Cleveland the first time. He got it right the second time. Good, you know. Anyway, uh, we'll pivot off of the Dan Gilbert <laughs> stuff and predatory lending. Yeah. Or not. Are you sure? I'm, I'm sorry. I hit the Titanic into the iceberg. No, anyway, there's pl- there's four more icebergs to go. <laughs> okay. I got four. I got four more boats, and there are four more icebergs. Where are we going? Well, let's talk about not predatory lending. Is that not the direction we wanted to go <laughs> yeah. with this? Yeah, I can. I didn't want to make a comment on that, but let's let's go to um, who I think is maybe the most interesting. You guys already talked about him, but do you want to talk about Kemba? <laughs> I don't have a choice, man. You have the wheel. Well, I'm trying to talk about – I know you guys talked about him at length yesterday. Um, is your – just tell me this. 19th and 8 cat last year on a per-game basis. He's going higher or lower this year? Lower. How much? Oh, well, let's see. 24th and 9 cat where I'm mostly staring yeah, yep. at things. Um 20 and a half shots a game with Charlotte. That's coming down. Even if you put it at the Kyrie number of what was that? Like 19. Uh, there is a hope that his 43 and a half percent shooting could improve in Boston. And, and that's a, that's a legitimate thing. Uh, except for the fact that his best, his, his career year was 44.4. So I don't know that there's a big jump in Kemba. I think we sort of know what he is in terms of the percentages so I feel like a lot of things just take a very small step backwards from, you know, 25 and a half points to 23 or something like that. And from 3.2 three-pointers to 2.8 or 2.9. I just think it'll be a very small incremental move in a lot of different categories. And that's enough to drop a guy by, I don't know, maybe half a round. I still think he's going to be quite good. I think from 24, maybe the 30. But I don't see a steep drop off here. What about you? Yeah, I'm really interested to see how how much Kayward um, heals going into the next season because I think he could be a much bigger part of this team. I think Tatum's going to take some ball handling responsibilities. Uh, Brown might get some more usage. I don't I don't know if he's going to be a first or second. He won't be a obviously a first rounder. I don't think he's a second rounder. I think best case he's a third rounder. Yeah, but I third. wouldn't be surprised if he dropped down to fourth round even as a on a per game basis. I hope that someone. I hope he falls to the fourth round. I would. No, he's not up. going to. But no, yeah, I still think yeah. he's a pretty safe fantasy play. That's the kind of nice thing about Kemba is even if he does take this this small incremental step back with Boston, it's not like it's going to be a bad season. You know, where like if you drafted him at thirty, which is midway through the third round in most uh, twelve team leagues, or the end of the third round in a ten team league, I, I don't see him going any lower than forty. And I f- this is nine cat now. Uh, I f- I, he's one of those players that's so good that he creates this nice, fairly high floor for what he's able to do. So I feel like he's a guy you could take. And even if it wasn't a perfect hit, even if he was, uh, you know, a half round to a round lower than where you got him, that's still enough to float you. You know? <clears throat> yeah, I think he'd be. I would take him in the third round. I don't think I would take him before that, though. We'll hmm. see where he ends up. Um, yeah, and he right, he's not—he's not—he's definitely low risk. I will say that very low right. risk. You guys, yeah. you know, Neil, you know my strategy in the first two to three rounds of a draft yeah. is exceedingly low risk. Guys, I always feel confident, and uh, I think we've had this discussion before, but I suppose it's the off season now, and it's a time when people are sort of finding new pods to listen to. 
the the best player available theory on this for me is, is stretched just a little bit um, because I, I first three rounds I love to take guys that that are kind of can't miss e sort of dudes where the only thing that could really derail them would be uh, an unforeseen and, and catastrophic injury and that type of stuff sometimes you just get really unlucky uh, but my my take on it is if I get if I pick a guy in the first round and his per game value is anywhere inside the top 15. And if I take a guy in the second round and his per game value is any anywhere inside the top 25 or 30 and, and so on and so forth for the first three to four rounds, I'm fairly certain that I can round out my roster with really shrewd picks later and pickups. And by having those really safe plays in the first two, three, four rounds, you sort of guarantee yourself no worse than middle of the pack in your league and I like starting mid to upper mid pack and then just outfoxing the other people in my league. I don't need to take chances where it's like, well, if this works, I'm going to get first or second place. And if it doesn't, I'm dead last. I'd rather just end up upper middle, you know, fourth, third, fourth place, fifth place, whatever. And then I'll just then I'll just work my way into the top one or two. I think that's easier for me. Yeah, because you're you're a very shrewd player. And so you can... Um... You, your competitive advantage is, is post-draft, probably, right, than, than during draft. I feel like okay. I have, yeah, I feel like people take themselves out of an entire season on draft night with crazy plays, and I'm never going to yeah. do that. I never want my season to end on night one. That, to me, feels so anticlimactic. If my season's ending, it needs to be at the very end of the freaking year uh, because I didn't, you know, maybe I didn't make enough moves. Maybe the other people in the league made better moves than I did. But I feel like with the amount of basketball I watch and the way that I use numbers, I mean, you're a numbers guy too, Neil, especially in Roto Leagues, I feel like I can use that to my advantage and I'm just going to hang in there. That's not even the... You know what? That's selling myself short. I think my drafts end up decent most of the time. And if Mm -hmm. I made no moves, I'd probably be fourth place in almost every league I'm in. And then I'll just make moves to get into first, second, or third. It's pretty easy from that point on. Yeah, and I think um, I mean not to be too cliche, but I'm the same way. The first three picks, I don't want to, I don't want to lose the, I don't want to lose the league in the first three picks. Yeah, it's horrible. I'm, I may not win it, but I'm not going to lose it. Yes, so, yeah. there it is. That's the way. Yeah, You're not. That's the cliche, right? Yeah, but it's right though. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah, you can go nuts, yeah. and maybe you'll hit on all three wild picks at the beginning. I don't even know what examples I would take this year. It was just like, uh, what 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 would be the Paul George, which was not a, by the way, a, a risky play, but he obviously way outperformed himself. That's you know your early second round guy that that dominated the crap out of the league. Who was even the third round guy that was your league winner this year? Nobody. There wasn't really anybody in the third round that was just a wild overperformer. Vooch in the fifth, but at that point, that I mean, once you get to fifth, sixth, seventh round, that's when you can start moving pieces around a little bit. Not much that you do in the first, second, or third round is going to win you the league. Very few things. No, you, unless, right, unless you do something, you have to get lucky, basically. You got to get real or, lucky. But you could yeah. do stuff in those three rounds that could lose your your league. What if yeah, you, like take a Ben Simmons, for example. Yeah, what if Ben Simmons went? <laughs> there's a lot of teams that took him like 16th overall. That's basically like having a useless second-round pick. I know. Uh Victor Oladipo in the first round. That's a tough one to see coming, but he he basically killed your team if you if you had him. Yeah. And he wasn't even necessary. Well, 
he was a little bit of a risky play because he wildly overperformed the previous season. Right, but right. Uh, just, you know, Kawhi Leonard, who went like seventh or eighth overall and played in 60 games this year, and you sort of knew that was going to happen. Th- these things, they're avoidable. They're avoidable. Uh, Kemba, by the way, in, in most of my leagues, went like around 20th. I think that should probably come back by about 10, going back to our previous discussion. Mm, yeah, I agree. I would I would take them. So that's third round, right, if you're talking that 2012 team league. So Yeah, I think uh, about right around 30 is probably yeah. a, where he's going to end up going. I guess we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you and I see eye to eye on that stuff. Don't lose it in the first couple of rounds. And Kemba's a guy you can draft at 30, at 27, Whatever. I mean, even if you took him at 25, he's probably not going to get to that point, but he's still not going to lose you your league. He's just not. He's going to be good enough at any of those spots. Have you started doing mock drafts with the Patria yet? No. What a lunatic, huh? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Let's see where Kemp is going. Um, <laughs> post uh, day one of uh, free agency. Yeah, mock drafts this early. Uh, shout out Adrian Benjamins, who I'm sure... <laughs> that's right he does he's like 102 yeah, yeah man he's, he's our a- he's our mock draft guy i gotta tell him and coach to talk about it on on their friday shows adrian does a ton of them i feel like they actually give me a false sense of security when i do them early on those guys oh there's no, there's no point before september yeah uh there i was gonna swear there and i caught myself crap i will say crap there's no reason to do them before like the day before your draft Honestly, because I did a mock draft like a week and a half before my draft and almost nothing was right after about the first 25 picks. That's the only stuff that stays the same. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't remember. For more it's, for me it's more just like getting in the rhythm of I don't know, that sounds stupid, but drafting and not freaking <laughs> out and not not freaking out when something throws me a curveball. Yeah, you seem so. like the kind of guy that that's always freaking out about stuff. Old Mellow Neil yeah, over I'll, there. <laughs> always, always on the entire in the inside. I'm burning. Um, all right. So, can I go into my th- my third guy? Yeah. Let's uh, let let's go into the third. Oh, iceberg. my second guy. The third. Let's go with. Uh, I know a guy we both love, Al Horford. Yes, Big Al. Does he no. drop off significantly? Yeah, he probably does. But it Doesn't can't be. Th- it can't be that significant though, because he didn't do anything that great before. <laughs> he did everything good, but nothing great. So how it's... But can he play... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 he can't. He can't. Answer, ask your question. My answer is he can't, but ask the question anyway. Is he going to play alongside Embiid? At times, they have to. You think so? Okay. Because they just gave him almost $30 million. I know, right? that's what I'm thinking, but do they fit? I guess they... I mean, what's he going to play? The four then, and Embiid the five? What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Horford is one of the better defenders in the NBA. He's the guy that Boston used on... Everybody's talking about how he was the guy that they used on Embiid, and that's not really true. He was the guy that Boston often used on Ben Simmons. Mm. The the By the way, uh, big, big, big ups to Rachel Nichols for hosting like 85 hours of, fan, of free agent coverage over the last day and a half. That's incredible. But her panel sometimes says some stupid crap. Uh, Horford well, they have both. they have former celebrities who aren't or players that don't really know. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that's true. Um, so he guarded both, and they were like, "Well, Philly got the guy that was stopping Joel Embiid." No, the guy that slowed down Embiid was uh, Embiid because his limbs were falling apart, and then also Marcus Soul actually slowed him down in the playoffs. It really it was less Horford uh, than it was Embiid just being hurt. Uh, Al did guard him, and he always was fine with him. 
Um, but I thought that Horford's best work was on Ben Simmons, and I guess you could give him credit for both of them. Regardless, uh, he can play the four. He can, and he can, he can go out and guard guys near the three-point line. He's just very good at everything he does. Uh, 29 minutes a game feels high. Because if he's out there with Horford, that means that Tobias Harris is the three. Simmons is your point guard or shooting guard. I mean, that's a massive basketball team. My God, they're going to be so good defensively. That's huge. That is a lot of human being. <laughs> it's a lot of wingspan out there. Man. It's a lot of wingspan. <laughs> it's going to look like a zone regardless of what defense is. He shot, so Horford shot 53.5% from the field last year, 82% at the foul line. He made a three-pointer, 13.5 points, 6.7 rebounds, 4.2 assists last year, a steal, 1.3 blocks, and only a one and a half turnovers per game. He was number 27 in nine cat, and I think he's going to get undervalued again Although I also agree with you. This is one of those situations, Neil, where I think both things are true. He takes a step back, and he's also undervalued next year because he was undervalued yeah. this year, and then he then he ended up as an early third-round value. And so next year, I think he'll be undervalued. It'll probably end up as like a fourth, maybe worst-case fifth-round value. Um, you know, he could have been your number one center this year. That's probably not going to quite be the case this coming season. There's just, there are not going to be any rebounds for him if he's playing the four next to Embiid. So that number has to come down. Um, but I think the assists stay pretty high. I think they'll let him run some of the offense. Steals and blocks, there's no reason for me to think those go down a ton. Maybe the blocks take a little hit if he's uh, if he's out near the perimeter. But if he's guarding smaller guys, then maybe they come back up again. That, that one's a tough one for me to see through. Uh, and even if his points come down a little bit, it sort of doesn't matter because that was not where he was getting his value anyway. He's going to have great percentages, as always, and he's just going to do a little bit of everything. So number 27 in 9-cat this last year, I think he's probably in the 40s this coming season. Mm -hmm. 36 in 8-cat leagues, just to clarify. I think he's probably closer to 50. Yeah, about around the back. And eight yeah. That makes just sense. because his points may not go down much, but I, I do think his assists go down a bit. Um, and I think his defensive stats might go down a little bit, too. Yeah, I'm. I uh, I think I'm most concerned about the rebounding. Yes, of, I agree that that will take a big hit. Well, maybe like one. Yeah, because I guess he wasn't about. grabbing that many anyway. Yeah, right? exactly. But yeah, that's maybe the thing with that's the thing with Horford. You're like, yeah, I guess that could go down a little bit, but it wasn't that high anyway. But his his, his field goal percent can't get any better. Well, I guess it, I mean I think it's got to go down a tiny bit. Yeah, I don't. Oh boy, I don't. I mean, he's playing with a better team now. So yeah, who he's knows? not going to be asked to do as much. So yeah, I I honestly I I think we both agree, round and a half, probably maybe about eighteen slots he falls, season over season something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I would love to take him in the fifth round if he lasts that long. Yeah, so. likewise, likewise, and he might. You know, there's going to be a lot of buzz of him and Embiid not coexisting. Also, I feel like we should put out there, Neil, the start of the season could be really ugly for all of those guys as they figure out how to play with one another because that's a goofy lineup. It could be like that for half the league. <laughs> yeah, the really could. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> two, two under I mean, when, when you and I were capping, you, the one thing that I remember you told me from, from capping the uh, season win totals was uh, consistency yeah. or lack thereof being like a big factor or main factor because teams take time to, you know, gel. Unquote, so. Yeah, you need consistency and you need a hunger. Uh, and if you put those two things together, 
Boy, I'm looking at one team right now in the Western Conference that has consistency and hunger, and I don't. I mean, I don't know what their line is going to be, but give me the over on Utah right out of the shoot. Yeah, we'll see how high that is, though. But yeah, it's going to be too that, high. Those yeah, sons we'll of bitches are going to put it too high, and it's going to ruin everything I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Nuggets, gonna... Nuggets, I think have some hunger. They've been slighted. They've been disrespected because of all these teams getting superstars. Uh, not as much the Trailblazers. There's too much hype around the moves they're making right now, which we probably should talk about at some point. But steer us, oh, into, yeah. steer us into ice. Yeah, we'll go into iceberg number four and five here, and then we'll talk about what actually happened yesterday. That'll be that'll be our closing okay. remarks. What's iceberg number four? Oh gosh, Jimmy Butler. Oh Jimmy Butler. Oh my God. Um, thank you. Well, that knocks out actually one of the things that happened because the yep. Jimmy Butler trade happened. Uh, was finalized, I guess I should say, on Monday afternoon. And because my stupid mother bleeping tweet deck isn't working, I can't pull up the tweet that, or quickly at least, that uh, that has the final details. But I'm pretty sure that the simple version is uh, Mo Harkless went from the Portland Trailblazers to Miami and then back to the Clippers. So he got traded twice in this whole thing. Uh as well as a Miami future first-round pick ends up on the Clippers. Hassan Whiteside is now a member of the Portland Trailblazers. The Miami Heat have Jimmy Butler. Josh Richardson is a 76er. Am I remembering that right? I was way out yeah. of order. It was out of order, though. This is what happens when I don't have it written down in front of me. Oops. I think you're right. I think you're right. Whiteside to the um, Trailblazers, Richardson to the 76ers, and then Harkless over to the, the – um, uh, Clippers. Yes. Oh, my wait. rant is yeah. not done yet, though, Neil. Uh, my rant is not over yet because oh. we're seeing we I mean, Portland is getting so much love for the moves that they've made. And I'm just not seeing it. I mean, listen, I've been one of the biggest Hassan Whiteside defenders on this podcast. I, I outside of his god awful free throw percent this year, which killed me. Everyone was just like, bench him, bench him, bench him. And I was like, no, he's actually not bad when he's out on the floor. He's just kind of Miami's scapegoat when things aren't going great. Uh, he, I'm looking at Portland's roster, and to me, he's a downgrade from Yusuf Nurkic. And uh, they got Bazemore, which I like, but Aminu is gone. He's now a member of the Orlando Magic. And they had to get rid of Mo Harkless to bring in a center to hold things down. And who cares about Myers Leonard leaving town? But I don't know that this... I feel like this Blazers roster is actually worse than last year. I don't care that they re-signed Rodney Hood. I don't care. Oh, I agree. Seth Curry's gone too. Yeah, how is it... Why are people like, West is loading up? This Blazers look worse to me. They do. They look definitely worse. I know people like... <clears throat> excuse me, the Hood contract, which I don't I don't know, I don't know contracts that well. So, um, But as a, as a fantasy asset, I don't really believe in him. Um, no. And as a reality player, I don't think he makes the team that much better, if at all. I think they're definitely losing Aminu, Curry. Um, those are two big blows. Aminu, Curry, Harkless. Oh, Harkless. I'm sorry. I totally forgot about Harkless. Harkless and Aminu are the two most maybe underrated players on that team. Yeah, great uh, defensive players. They, they yeah. were anchoring. I, their defense to me is going to get worse. I know Whiteside yeah. pretty good at rim protection, but you throw that dude in a pick and roll and he just gets roasted. So I don't know what they're going to do. When they have to take him off the floor, I guess it's it's Collins at the five. I don't know who's playing the four for this team. Mario freaking Azonia, who signed a two-year minimum role. I mean, is that really this is what we're saying? Is the West loading up? I, sorry, 
listen, I love the Portland Trailblazers. I was wildly impressed with what they did this year. We said it last week, Neil. My, I gave my Coach of the Year award to Terry Stotts, remember? Yeah, and I, that, that's what scares me too. I don't know if Whiteside is someone who likes to be coached, and Stotts may not put up with that. Although, so we'll did, you, did you see Whiteside's Vine he posted or on his Instagram oh, account? Oh, gosh. I have no idea. It was just him yelling, we got shooters over and over again as he found out he was traded to uh, the Blazers. So I, oh, my God. That's, that's Yeah, so just yeah, clowning yeah. on his Miami teammates there, which, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, Deion Waiters, not a shooter. Yeah. Not a shooter. No, he's right. <laughs> yeah, you just don't, kinda, yeah, you just don't say pretty it. pretty petty anyway. Uh, what about the Jimmy Butler side? I, I Listen, I got to oh, rant about yes. the Trailblazers. This could be hilarious when all is said and done, right? This dude, now we're hearing he turned down the five-year max from the 76ers to go play in Miami, a team that, uh, sorry, Jimmy, not going to win that many games this year. They, they've traded away half their team. Um. I'm not surprised though he left. One thing I'm being a Bulls um, follower here in Chicago, but and then seeing him in Minnesota, he is he is a guy who wants to be the alpha. Yeah, well he so is he, now. Yeah, he wants to be the alpha, and he wants to prove himself to be the among the elite basketball players in the league. I don't think he cares about winning as much as he is proving Oof, himself this as is, being great. Yeah. Don't you think this year is going to be a rough wake up call for him though? I'm kind of excited about his fantasy stat set. Oh, yeah. Fantasy. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. What about reality, though? <laughs> oh, reality? That doesn't count. He, he's going to get. <laughs> that team's going to get kicked in the teeth regularly. I mean, they're probably oh, a playoff yeah. team in the East because, you know, the Hornets are going to be horrible. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. The yeah. top four are still there. Well, we'll see what. Yeah, top four are still obviously play. Indiana's going to be very good. Um, Brooklyn, obviously. Oh, gosh. Not much room at the bottom. I think the Heat jumped the Pistons for the eight seed at the very least. But still, I mean, Jimmy Butler thinks that him going to Miami to lead the uh, Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, James Johnson, Dion Waiters squad, if he thinks he's going to get them above like a six seed, this is uh, whatever. I mean, everybody get takes what they want. Fine, if you want to be the alpha and go get waxed out of the playoffs in the first round – have at it. And then everybody's like, oh, Jimmy Butler, he's a culture guy. I mean, they do know what happened with Carl Anthony Towns, right? That's not exactly culture. No, it's not that. Here, here, Butler, and this is probably me being my um, psychoanalyst, but he he wants to be the alpha. He wants to prove himself, and he likes, he likes to work hard, play hard. So Miami is a perfect fit. All right, good luck to you, Jimmy. Um, yes. <laughs> what about Josh Richardson in Philadelphia? I think he's going to vanish <sighs> off the fantasy landscape. I think he's maybe the biggest hit of anybody that of any decent fantasy player from last year. He may, in my book, he might be taking the biggest hit. He may be undraftable. Yeah, that's ooh. I think I'd still go for him late. Someone's going to someone's going to draft. No, him I think I think he's going to be drafted. I don't know if he's. I mean, what's his upside there? It's I don't know. Gonna, I mean, he wouldn't I mean, even. He, he wouldn't even assert himself over some of the clowns on the Heat. <laughs> yeah, he. I don't know how it's going to work out. Maybe the change would do him good. I don't know. I just don't see him being a top 100. Yeah, if he gets to the top 100, it's going to be because the defensive stats have to come back. That went yep. away. And they could. They could. I mean, he showed he looked like he was going to be a guy that did both steals and blocks, and then this year it just evaporated. So maybe that comes back when less is being asked of him in Philly. 
But, you know, we saw we saw plenty of time in Miami where he was just like, nah, you know what, Rodney Magruder, you go get yours. You know, and that's that yeah. does not augur well when he's now with uh, Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, Al Horford. Horford. That's, there's, I mean, he's yeah. not going to assert himself over any of those. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I, I don't. Yeah, maybe maybe being less of a you know um, star makes good better him a bas- better basketball player. Oh, I don't gosh, know. It just feels like he's on his way to being a three and D guy and not this like mega guy that we were all hoping for. Right, exactly. He feels more like a role player now than a a, a star. But he will be on a team that wins more games than last year. So <laughs> that's true. So <laughs> to, to, to steal a line from Caddyshack, so he got that going for him. Which is nice. Which is nice. Uh, Dolly, Dolly, freaking llama, man. Uh, who the hell else is in that? Oh, Mar- Mo Harkless. I was actually really excited about him when I thought he was going to be the Blazers' starting power forward, and now he's useless. So you can another member of yeah. the Dan Vespers old man squad goes off to play on the big prairie in the countryside. Damn it. <laughs> he's going to Iowa. Um. All right. So let's uh, talk about. Uh, yeah. One more player I want to talk about. Last boat, but, last iceberg. What do you got? Yeah. Speaking of icebergs, Otto Porter Jr. This one surprised me. This was one one of the ones that you you actually texted me about. Uh, because uh, why? Yeah, he why? is a fantasy darling. And what happens now with um, – Fatitude? Fatitude coming to town. <laughs> and, you know, that team needs, it needs defense, which Fat can bring. So – let me ask you this, Chicago, yeah. at, at Ball with Chicago, Neil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who is on the Bulls right now? Let's break this sucker down from top to bottom. They have mul- right. they have multiple point guards now because they signed and traded for Tomas Sadoransky, mm-hmm. which means Chris Dunn, is his goose is cooked, right? He's out, yeah. Uh, Zach Levine, it, he's going to play. Zach right? Levine is, is a key component of this okay. team. Okay. Lowry Markinen, starting power forward, right? Best player on this team, in my opinion. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., starting center? Yes. Um, I don't know which of the point guards we just talked about is starting, by the way. is it? Do we assume it's Sadoransky then? Sado? I think to start the season and then maybe White. We'll see. So then is the small forward to start the game, Otto Porter? He's the starting player? I don't know. Is it Otto or is it? It's got to be. But I think it's Otto. That, but Thaddeus is going to take up some of that time. He's going to play three and four. I'm guessing he's going to do a lot of... Yeah, you know, you may be right. It might be... Here's the problem with all this. Uh, no matter how we parse this thing, it's terrible for my guy Thad Young. <laughs> he's going to take a huge hit as well. Massive sure. hit. I can't... Massive hit. I would yeah. love to sell you this bill of goods, but I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. Everybody knows how much I love the Thaditude, uh, but his role is going to be drastically reduced on this team. Um... You know, he was playing 31 minutes a game last year. I, I got to think that's coming down to, I don't know, 26 max? Yeah, right? I think mid-20s is safe. Could he get to 27? I don't, 13 and a half minutes of both power forward and, all right, well, let's work this backwards. Let's let's have a little deductive reasoning here. Uh, how many minutes a game is Lowry Markkinen going to play? He averaged 32 this year. Is that the same number going forward? I, I would think it'd go up a little bit, but I, that's safe. Maybe 32 to 34. All right, let's say 34 just for uh, posterity's sake here. That's uh-huh. four, that's 14 That's fourteen backup power forward minutes, and I assume that all of those are going to go to Thad Young now. Yes. 
That makes okay. sense. Uh, at the three, Otto Porter, he's probably not going to get as high as 34, right? Because he's got lingering knee issues. He's had hip stuff throughout his career. Maybe more like 30? That's what he had last year, actually. 30 did? Okay. Yeah. So that leaves 18 small forward minutes. How many of those do we think Thad can get? Can he get 12 of the 18? That's what I was thinking. You read my mind. I was going to say 12. But maybe it's a little less because they may want to develop one of these other guys. Like a Denzel Valentine? Well, he could probably back up at the two and the three, yeah. potentially. Right. I- He's going to probably do both. Basically, what we're coming to here with our, our fuzzy math in the early portions of the offseason is that that young is staring down the barrel of 26 minutes a game. <laughs> That's what we just got to. Yeah, Thaddeus Young may not be uh, fantasy relevant. Damn it. What did I call it? What do you think? Do you think he might be, or what do you think I'm wrong? I think I called it the Marvin Williams uh, line (laughs) last year, (laughs) where if these guys can get to 30 minutes, then my old men can produce, and 26, sadly, is not 30. So I don't anymore. I no longer have the thatitude. This is really the iceberg to end all icebergs, Neil. You've you've pained my heart with this one. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Mr. Vesperitz. It's the honest-to-goodness truth. I... You know how much I love the Thad, but I'm also a very pragmatic fellow, and so you sort of have to... <laughs> but I do think Otto Porter's still going to get his 30 minutes with that team because the options, the other options at small forward, besides a few extra minutes of Thad, if they were going to go really big, are not great. You know, Denzel Valentine, Walt Lemon, Chandler Walt Hutchinson? Lemon has potential, I think. We'll see. Eh, I think they want to you know. win a couple of games this year. I, I don't think... <laughs> No, like uh, no, I think Walton actually could be a decent NBA player. We'll see. Uh, this year? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying I don't think he's going to be out of the league in a year. We'll see. No, that's <laughs> that's a low <laughs> bar, Neil. <laughs> no, but I mean, Chicago's going to be developing him. Uh, I think they're going to try to develop him. Yeah. Do you think are we going to see the the uh, Dan Vespers pre- trademark pre tank from the Bulls again? I don't know how this team's going to be. That's the problem. They were injured last year, and they went through the coaching change. Um, you know what? I, I was actually – I thought they might have had a pretty decent year last year. I don't – we'll see how healthy Markkinen is and Carter Jr. I mean, with, if those two guys come in the season healthy and Levine's playing well, they could be fighting for the playoffs for sure. So The um, – I actually really like, by the way, the Sadoransky signing for them to sort uh-huh. of get away from Chris Dunn who really – there, there were high hopes for his fantasy game, but he just—I mean, even in Minnesota, I think there was there was a little bit of a hopes were too high situation for him, where he really was never going to be that kind of dude. He's not a great shooter, and they wanted to run him off the ball with Zach Levine handling things. We've seen Sadoransky—he can function just fine off the ball as well. You know, Bradley Beal was the primary ball handler for the Wizards when John Wall went down, so I, I think that's a, just from a fit perspective. To mm-hmm. me, that's not a terrible move. I actually like the Thad Young signing if they're actually trying to win ball games. I don't know why you do it if you're still trying to just crap your way to the finish line because, you know, veteran, proven veteran, one of the best hands in the NBA. Uh, these are these are decent signings, actually. I just don't really know what... This is why I think Chicago might try to win some games. The moves they made here signal, hey, we're going to try a little bit. Just like half an ass. Is that so much? Yeah. Oh no, I'm going to be on the over again this year. I know. Unless if at first, unless it's really high, I have to. I mean, they're 
they're trying. They've got a coach who obviously is trying to make a name for himself, um, staying in the league. Um, they got young players who want to compete really hard. So, fool me once. Shame on. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was really an injury thing last year. Come on. It wasn't just. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. The coaching changed the injuries. That was the pre-tank, though, man. If we had known that they were just going to dump all their guys onto the shelf for the first two months of the year, then. Yeah, yeah. Because they actually tried to win games like the last month and a half of the season. Did they win that many? Not really, but they tried a little bit. (laughs) So that's something. And and the new new, um, lottery rules are different. So maybe it doesn't matter to be doesn't help as much to be like if you can't be the bottom three then yeah they didn't get the pick they wanted this year that's for damn sure yeah um other news of the day we already talked about jimmy butler we uh we talked about the portland trailblazers um by the way uh didn't mention i i understand that hassan whiteside is probably gonna have the starting gig in portland but that free throw percentage man i i can't touch him are you there as well oh yes i can't touch a punt guy and, and Roto. Hey, how so. high is Bam Adebayo getting drafted this year? Oh my God! Good lord! Uh, good lord! Is that going to be fun? Mm. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully not high enough. I mean, hopefully, yeah, he's still out there. I, he's probably more of. I don't think I would take him in the top five rounds, though. Ah, uh, you might not get him then. Yeah, I may not get him. Yeah, he's going high, man. the The hype train he's, is going. He might be the first official buzz man of the off season. Oh, you think higher than Terry Rozier? Ugh. I know you hate him, but he's going to be buzzed. Ugh. No. <laughs> no. You don't Did, think so? Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, but I just don't want him on my fantasy team. Hassan, or uh, Bam Adebayo, I do want on my team. Yes. I will take Bam Adebayo multiple rounds ahead of Terry Rozier. I don't, I don't Rozier, Tim Hardaway Jr.ing me, my, my team out of the field goal percentage standings next season. Adebayo, man, he's got good percentages, too. Steals, blocks, it's he's, he's going to go high. And he's he's still getting better, which yeah. I love. I love guys are still getting better, and he's going to be phenomenal. IT to the whiz. Can we hit that real quick? Yes, I was just about to mention that. Um, they ain't got the, another – they don't got too many options of point guard out there. I know, but I still don't really want to take him. What do you mean? He's Terry Rozier. <laughs> <laughs> they have this, they have the exact same problem. That's not nice of me. They, I mean, yeah. IT is obviously way more proven than Rozier. They have the same problems, though. They ha- exactly, which is why I would not be on my team. You can get one of them way cheaper than the other. Does that? Hey, <laughs> hey, Neil, I'll give you Terry Rozier for three fifty, or yeah. you can have this Terry Rozier, and it'll only cost you ninety five cents. But that does make it a little bit more appealing, right? Like, what if you could get it at a hundred? Do you know where you finished on a per game basis last year? Wasn't it like three fifty? Four ninety three. Four ninety three. There's only like 550 guys that played last year. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Thomas Walsh played. I averaged three minutes per game, and he had a higher fantasy value. Okay. So <laughs> Boy, <laughs> next year's gonna be rough for Terry Rozier. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm kidding. Um, Bam Adebayo. Right, Bam Adebayo to me is the the name I'm writing down on the paper in front of me as the the official. Um, hype train award winner for this coming year. And it's a damn shame, too, because he's going to have a good season, but mm-hmm. he's never going to be able to live up to the hype that, that we lather on him. Well, let me ask you about this. What about Olenek? you think he becomes relevant again? No, because James Johnson's still alive. Okay. I wish, 
maybe James Johnson will have another like sports hernia that knocks him out for three months, and then you can roll with Olenek for those three. But it's basically a one-to-one correlation. When they're both healthy, they split the minutes, and that's a pain in the ass. Okay. I guess we could see a little bit of Kelly at the five. But now they've got Myers Leonard, and he's probably— Oh, gosh. He's not going to play, though, is he? He probably will, man. The Heat play everybody that they have. <laughs> Eric Spolstra looks down his bench, and even when it's empty, he'll like take one of the coaches sitting behind the first row and throw him in a number 87 jersey and get him into the court. They go, they go 11 deep every night. Yeah, you're right. He'll get minutes. The legend will play. The legend. Mm. Uh, uh, Nerland's Noel back with the Thunder. That's a non-factor. Frank Kaminsky to the Suns on a two-year deal. I'm not – I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Wes Matthews to the uh, Buckaroos. That's a – does he play enough to fa- – oh, you know what? Hey, let me let me bug you on this front. Uh the the Milwaukee Bucks they lost uh, they lost Malcolm Brogdon this offseason to the Pacers so who's chewing up all their point guard minutes this next year George uh, Hill aside from Bledsoe you said point guard yeah because he and because Bledsoe and Brogdon played side by side yeah I think they might well they also lost um, sorry your other guy Miritich. Um <sighs> it's been a tough it's been a tough free agency for me Neil there's only one thing that can happen that'll make it all right. And I'm not going to say it on air. Oh wow! Oh, I know. What but it, it has is. something to do with yes, a, with a man in Los Angeles, or maybe Toronto. <laughs> yes. uh, is, is 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 Wesley so Matthews? Are they going to play Wesley Matthews at the two to start the game, or is it going to be George Hill as the swing guy? That's what I was wondering. Does George Hill get a lot? Does he start to get back to that starter role? He might. Let's keep an he eye might. on that one. Yeah, um, but Pat Connaughton will get some minutes too. Yeah, uh, he might, he might get increased some minutes. Um, Rashawn Holmes, Ennis Cantor. There's a lot of things we need to hit on here. We gotta go. We gotta go lightning round. I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So Ennis Cantor is now with the Celtics. Two-year, ten million dollar deal. They have uh, Williams as their other center, but you gotta think Ennis Cantor is gonna play. Yeah, I like him. Yep, he'll be a solid and number two center. Wise, I think he's gonna play. Yep, number two center worthy. Oh yeah, he doesn't need a lot of minutes to no, be he relevant, doesn't. and and he could he's, he could get mid twenties. For sure. That's all he needs. Rashawn yep. Holmes, two-year $10 million deal to the Kings, which really cut me deep because oh, wow. for a number of reasons. One, I really wanted him to be on the Lakers. And number two, he just joined a front court that also has Harry Giles, Marvin Bagley, Dwayne Dedman, and Harrison Barnes. Yeah, he gets buried there again. Again. Now, Bruce, I talked to Brewski already, and he is marginally confident that the Kings will be wise enough to get him to 20 minutes a game. And I am praying for that, but I don't, I don't know that I'm buying it. And I think the other thing that happened, did we talk about the D'Angelo stuff on yesterday's live show? I think that happened after it was over, right? Yeah. Not, not up to the point of listening to That was crazy. Damn, man. We had too many things we needed to do on today's show. Yeah, Sorry. See, this is, yeah, this is why I should. That's all right. It's a great natural week. things. Yes. Okay. It's a great week, man. It's a great week. <laughs> to be doing an NBA podcast. D'Angelo Russell, the Warriors. This will be the last thing we talk about today. We'll put a pin in it. I'm sure there'll be more stuff uh, over the next couple of days. Um, this is this is a colossal turn of events. Everybody thought he was going to the Lakers or the Wolves. Uh, and then the Warriors swoop in uh, and somehow, by the way, also retain Kevon Looney, who's uh, either decided himself to take a pay cut or his agent is just not very good. 
because he could have made way more money somewhere else. Um, so the Warriors are now hard-capped because of the sign-and-trade, so they have to fill out their roster with, with minimal money. But they had to get rid of Andre Iguodala to make this thing work. They had to get rid of uh, two first-round picks, I believe, to make this work. They might have even sent one to the Nets in addition, if I'm not mistaken. So uh-huh. they're just like, they emptied the, the cabinet here. And then Mark Stein put out a secondary tweet a couple hours later that was like, oh, by the way, the Warriors don't really plan on keeping Russell for all four years of his deal. They just wanted to make sure they didn't get nothing with Kevin Durant leaving. And so they might flip D'Angelo uh, in the future or even not too distant future. I, I don't even know what to make of all of this, Neil. I, I'm just, my head is spinning from the D'Angelo Russell stuff. There's almost no chance I'm drafting him because I, I legitimately have no idea what he's going to do. Yeah, so the guy who leaked that, uh, it's not the same guy who put the banner up of Kevin Durant, is it? Because that's just so stupid. Why would you do that to the guy you just brought in a free agency? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know who leaked <laughs> it. I mean, somebody said something. I know, but uh, yeah. So first of all, the Russell going there, I mean, I think he's going to have a solid year until Clay Thompson comes back. Um, Which will be most I, of the season, to be fair. Yeah, it's going to be most of the season. But as far as um, like the implications of the franchise, yeah, I don't know why you would bring D'Angelo Russell and then flip him if, unless he wanted to be flipped. That just seems like you're not treating another player very well. So. Yeah, it's super weird. Super very, weird. very bizarre. Very bizarre. Uh, Russell obviously was a better guy at 8-cat last year. He was good at 9-cat, number 53, but not the you know overwhelming team-fixing superstar that everybody would make him out to believe because right. of the 3.1 turnovers and the low, well, percentages. He's not great in either of the two of them. Right. Um, but great three-pointers, good scoring, excellent assists, decent steals numbers. Um, Nine-cat, I've got to think that his he, – he's going to be okay, right? Like, the Warriors are going to need scoring besides Steph. So he might actually get 16, 17 shots a game in Golden State. And efficiency should go up. I hope that he commits fewer turnovers, but the Warriors often turn the ball over a lot. So I don't know that that's coming down – uh, in Golden State, assists probably come down a little bit, right? Since Steph is the primary ball handler, I would think so. From seven, it's hard to have two guys with that, and then you have, of course, Draymond. Draymond, yeah, also yeah, a good. So. so I, I think maybe a tiny step back for Russell, where if he was number fifty-three in nine cat last year, I'm looking for uh, maybe sixty-five this year with the Warriors. What do you think in eight cat? Yeah, thirty-seven on a per game basis in eight cat. I would say maybe fifty at best. Yeah, he's going to go too high, right? I think so. He still doesn't shoot the ball that great for his volume, and he's not going to get as many assists. And like you said, well, the turnovers, the Warriors don't care. They don't, they've never focused on turnovers since yeah. Steve Kerr has been there. So I pass, don't think they, pass, they pass, worry pass. about it. Yeah, exactly. So they don't care if some of those passes are picked off. They want the one that's going to lead to, you know, an 80% yeah. shot right at the front of the rim. Um, Pat Beverly, I know I said I was going to end on D'Angelo. Oh, I can't keep doing, I can't <laughs> no, keep doing this. You love Pat. We got to talk about Pat. I know. I love it. Pat. That's another one that cut me deep. I was really hoping that he might end up on the Lakers, but that was never going to happen <laughs> if they got – that was always like if the Kawhi thing doesn't pan out, then they could go do you know Pat Beverly and somebody else or whatever. I'm happy that he's sticking with a team where we sort of know his role, um, which means that there's one member of the Dan Vespers old man squad that survived this freaking thing. And uh, it's Pat Beverly. They have a ton of guards in L.A., but they love him. He's their culture. He re-signed there. Actually, it sounds like he 
passed up money. Sacramento, I think, offered him three years, like 48 or 49, and he took three years, 40. This is a guy that's been, that needs, I don't know, that needs the money. You know, he's had a solid NBA career, but compared to a lot of guys, he hasn't made a ton of cash in his NBA career. Um, so to me, I think this is a guy that just loves what he's been given in LA. Uh, I think Doc will keep giving him his 28 to 31 minutes a game just because of who he is. And, you know, if he starts the year healthy, which he didn't this last season, once he started to look healthy, he was a top 50 guy in nine cat this last year. He's a key old man. Patrick Beverly, love you, my man. You'll be on all my fantasy teams this coming year. Yeah, and I mean, even though his percentages aren't great, he's such a low volume, yeah. both of them, that it's fine. Yeah, yeah he doesn't. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't. He shots. He took six <laughs> six shots a game this year in almost thirty minutes a night. He really doesn't want to shoot. Yeah, he's not out there to shoot. He <laughs> that that's what you love about him. He he plays so hard, and he's not as scoring's the last thing he thinks about. Um, not a points league guy. Pat Beverly. That was, <laughs> that, that, yeah. that wasn't immediately evident. Um, that's where we'll put a pin in this one. I, I, there's, there's just so many damn things, Neil. I can steer us off the... Um, take, off the... A, take us into harbor. <laughs> take us to point. Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers. I mean... Oh, I'm going to poop myself. It's, it's a, I mean, how do they not win a championship? It's that's, like, this is like... The, that's going to bum me out for that one reason. You know what they'll this, do? This, this is the first year where I thought we have no idea who's going to win the championship. Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers, Vince Carter to the Lakers, just so that he can do the Vince Carter over meme for the Lakers if if he were to sign there. Uh, I'm still – I know everybody's saying that the Lakers are in the lead, but I am still not at all convinced that that's the case. Maybe by the time this podcast is out, I'll be proven wrong. Uh, but right now, I still think he's going to Toronto for a one and one. I'll believe it when I see it in L.A. I'll be happy, but I'll be I'll believe it when I see it. Like I said, I will soil myself when it happens. So uh, officially, now we're pulling into Port Neil. He is at Ball with Neil on Twitter. I'm at Dan Vespers. This was the continuation here, free agency week on Fantasy NBA Today. Once all the dust settles on this stuff, we'll start getting back into the team by team stuff again. I know we did all thirty, and we probably won't need to go through every single club. But obviously, there's so many moves. 200 free agents getting signed here. 40% of the NBA. Uh, we're going to need to break this stuff down. That'll start probably in the next uh, week or two. And uh, and so we'll we'll pause this one for now, putting bow on it. Talking to Brandon Marcus tomorrow. We'll see if he's keeping his food down with all this Kawhi stuff. He's, of course, our resident Clippers guy. And uh, Neil, you're back on Thursday. Adrian and Coach on Friday. Mr. Roach Lonnie, thank you for taking the wheel. And I will expect you, I will invoice you for all the boats that you ruined. <laughs> There's a lot out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks again to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Stay tuned to Twitter. We'll be obviously retweeting everything, but at Hoopball Fantasy is where you go if you want all the stuff as it's taking place. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.